0: Order like a champ at Raisin Cane's. With tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade, you can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raisin Cane's Chicken finger, one love. Order online or on our app. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. ON A FRIDAY! It's All Even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. We got a pack Friday. Lots to get into. Thursday night football, we're going to discuss that game between the Giants and the Eagles. Who was going to win the terrible NFC East? Ravens are making big moves. Antonio Brown is on the radar again for a lot of teams. NFL picks. The NBA is targeting when they want to start their 2021 season. The Nets have a surprise, surprise staffing hire today. (laughs) And the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Week 7 of the NFL season is underway. We had Thursday night football yesterday between the Giants and the Eagles. Eagles win this game 22-21 in a stunning comeback. Not really a stunning comeback, but an impressive comeback by the Eagles, by Carson Wentz. He ended up with 359 yards passing, two touchdowns, an interception. He also had a rushing touchdown. They were down as much as 21-10. to 10. Fourth quarter came, and Carson Wentz drove him downfield. They got a touchdown to Greg Ward, cut it to 20-16. to 16. They tried to go for two. They couldn't make it. The next possession that they ended up getting, they drove down the field, and Boston Scott got the game-winning touchdown. An impressive, and impressive showing by the Eagles. Carson Wentz looked decent. He had a struggle in regards to his numbers. He was sacked three times. He was rushed a couple times as well. Hurried a lot as well. So kudos to the Giants defense. But Carson Wentz stepped up. You know, I've been a big Carson Wentz detractor. So I like to see this. I want to see him do this against better competition. But kudos to him, man. He definitely had a great game. And for the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones, it was another struggle for him. 187 yards passing, two touchdowns, interception. He had that big 80-yard run that he couldn't score on. So Wayne Gallman had a touchdown, 34 yards on the ground. Sterling Shepard, 59 yards and a touchdown. Evan Ingram had six catches. So the Giants were doing a lot of good things. They're not a terrible football team. You know, they have a lot of... Young players, they make a lot of mistakes, but I'm not going to say that they're a terrible football team. The Cowboys are a terrible football team because they have all that talent. The Giants, like I said, they're just in transition. They're trying to work things out. They have a new head coach. They have a new system that they're trying to work. But I am I am intrigued to see this team go forward. Although they don't have a talented roster, they play hard. And that's what you want to see out of an NFL team. You may not win every game. You may not win a ton of games. You may lose a ton of games, but they play hard. And that's all you can ask for if you're really a fan, right? So the question is, who is going to win the NFC East? Who is going to be the champion of this terrible division? You have the Washington football team at one and five. You have the Cowboys at two and four, you have the Giants at one and six, and you have the Eagles at two, four and one. Who is the best position to win this division? It's the Eagles. The Eagles right now have the better quarterback in the division, right? He's the best quarterback in the division. No matter how much I don't think that he's a top echelon quarterback in this division, he's number one. From what I've seen out of the Eagles this year, is that they've been in games, they've competed. You know, a certain turnover here, certain big play here that they probably give up. This is why they're 2-4-1, and one, but they're not a terrible football team. So they're the best of the worst. I can see the Eagles going 7-9 and nine or 6-10 and 10 and possibly winning this division. This is how bad this division is. It's the race to six wins. So that's that's going to be my pick. Obviously, it's going to come down to the Cowboys and the Eagles, you know, in the two games that they play. Who wins those games will basically win the division. And I'm telling you right now, I think the Eagles are going to win those games. So I think the Eagles will win the division. They are the best team in here. You know, Peterson is not a bad coach. Fulgham, that kid is, he's something else. He has continued to impress week in and week out. So they have something there with him. It's a shame that somebody's actually going to be in the playoffs coming from this division, but this is how sports are manipulated. Like, you you put up, you have divisions for a reason. Nobody ever expected this particular year to start like this. Nobody thought this. You know, they thought that the Cowboys would win 10, 11 games, the Eagles would be there nine wins or so. This is how it was supposed to go. Nobody saw this coming, so... It's a depressing year. Somebody has to win, sadly. In other news, Antonio Brown is getting a lot of interest from a lot of NFL teams. His suspension is up. Teams can be able to have him come in for a workout, sit him down, have an interview with him, and see if they want to sign him. Rumors are swirling that the Seahawks are the front runners to get AB. My thoughts on this. I'm an Antonio Brown fan. I love the guy. I think he's a talented guy. And I also think that he's a very troubled guy. And I don't like to close the door on people that have talent. You need to help people. And if he can be able to be rehabilitated, if he understands the error of his ways, that he can be helped and he can then continue his career as a great football player, then he should have the opportunity to do so. Pac-Man Jones had the opportunity to do so. So many more have had the chance to restart their careers and end on a high note. This is what I hope for Antonio Brown. If he goes to Seattle, I think it's a perfect fit. Pete Carroll is a player's coach. Players love him. I think that Russell Wilson will go to bat for him. I think that the culture that they have in Seattle is ideal for him. It can be able to kind of reel him in, show him, listen, we have a we have a way of doing things here, A B. And if you want to win, if you want to compete for championships, if you want to be a real teammate, you gotta do it our way. You have to do it our way. You know, I'm sure the Ravens or other teams are interested, but I like this Seahawks fit. You know, when you talk about talent on the outside, Lockett is not an outside guy. He's an inside guy. So if you have Antonio Brown and then you have DK Metcalf on the other side, on the outside, now your offense actually looks better. Your offense looks dangerous. The running game is always banged up. But if you have those three guys, you are now week to week an offensive juggernaut that teams really won't know how to defend you because you got two guys that can be able to beat you 70 yards downfield. You have little Tyler Lockett that can be in the inside and catch 10 to 15 passes or he can be a guy to take the top off the defense as well on occasion so it's a great great fit I hope it happens and I'm just hoping the best for Antonio Brown in other news the Ravens have made a trade for Yannick and Jockway. they traded with the Vikings they traded a third round 2021 pick as well as a fifth 2022 pick, so the Vikings got back kind of what they gave the Jaguars. It's a great move for the for the Ravens. I think that they're in they're in win now mode. They know that they're they have to win a Super Bowl within these next couple years before Lamar Jackson cashes in on that big contract. So they're going all in. I like what they're doing. I think jockway is going to be able to help that defensive line. He was really productive with the Vikings. The Vikings just realized that they're They're in rebuild mode. They're not having a great season. You're going to go pay this guy big dollars when you need other holes to fill. It really wasn't, you know, conducive for them to do so. It wasn't smart for them to do so. So the Ravens stepped in. They've been looking at Njokwe for a long time. They wanted to make a deal before the Jaguars actually made a deal with the Vikings. So, you know, kudos to them for getting this pick. This is a great addition for their roster. He fits right in. You know, he's a... He's an aggressive pass rusher. He can be able to disrupt a lot of offensive lines. So I like this move for the Ravens. Coming up after the break, my NFL picks for week seven. I'm so good at those. On a Friday, it's all even so stressed because i hate my job let me guess you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button well come down to connecticut school of broadcasting we have campuses in westbury new york boston connecticut new jersey north carolina georgia and florida Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me, it took me seven years to get here and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. So let's get right to it. Let's get to these NFL picks for week seven. First game that we have on the list is going to be the Cowboys at the Washington football team. I call this the dumpster fire bowl. There is no way I can be able to pick the Dallas Cowboys to win this game. I got Washington winning this game 27 to 20. Washington ends up having a great offensive game because the Cowboys can't stop anybody over the top. I believe that Kyle Allen will be able to move the ball and move the ball anytime he wants to. He has the ability to escape and get out of the pocket. He's going to cause a lot of disruption for the Cowboys. For the Cowboys on the offensive end, they're going to have more turnovers. Somebody's going to fumble the ball. Somebody's going to turn it over. On the defense, somebody's going to miss their assignment and give up an 80-yard bomb. So why should I ever pick the Cowboys for the remainder of the season? Next game we have on the list is going to be Lions and Falcons. Lions are 2-3, Falcons are 1-5, Falcons are coming off a big win. However, they're running into a Lions team that's not really that bad. Matthew Stafford is a fine quarterback. He's been a very good quarterback for them over the years. He will continue to be a good quarterback for them until he retires, or unless they decide to make a decision down the road. Their running game is starting to come together I see DeAndre Swift starting to get going, so if they can be able to find that consistency out of their running game, I think the Lions offense will take another step. You have TJ Hawkinson, who's a upcoming, up-and-coming tight end, so they have that. They have the good wide receivers. Defense is not all that great, but it's coming along. For the Falcons, I'm hearing that they're trying to tear things down. They're trying to trade a lot of their veteran pieces, and that's a smart thing to do. Get some draft picks, start over and have a new regime, have a new era, have some young guys in there that can be able to build and continue on for the future. Matt Ryan on this team long-term, is it doesn't make sense for them. So I think that they have to make a decision and make a decision quickly on that, and I'm sure that that's going to happen in the offseason. Lions win this game 32-20, to 20, and that's the end of it. Next game we have on the list is going to be the Browns at Bengals. Browns are 4-2. Bengals are 1-4-1. Browns are a pretty decent team. Baker Mayfield is a terrible quarterback, but their defense is good. They have a lot of big playmakers. For the Bengals, it's not about winning this year. It's about just continuing to build on their culture. Zach Taylor is not a bad young coach. They can be able to establish this. Get some more pieces together. They have the quarterback. They have some good wide receivers. They have their running back. They signed them up, locked them up for the next four years. So they have a lot of good things in place. But I have the Browns winning this game 35-20. to They're going to win handily and you know continue on in their impressive season. Next game we have is possibly going to be the game of the week. We have the 5-0 Steelers against the 5-0 Titans. Both teams are on a roll. They're playing high. Titans had a nice impressive comeback victory in overtime last week. Derrick Henry was the man, he rushed for over 200 yards. Is it gonna happen this week though? Eh, I don't think so. That Steelers defense is pretty impressive. TJ Watt and those boys, they're gonna be able to get after them. Although Devin Bush got hurt, he's out for the season, they still have enough to be able to slow Derrick Henry down. I have Steelers winning this game 30-20. to It's not going to be close. I think that the Steelers are going to dominate. I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to have his way with that secondary, impose his will, and establish them as one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the entire NFL. Next game we have is going to be the 3-3 Panthers against the 3-2 Saints. Panthers have been playing pretty decent football. You know, I'm still not a fan of Mr. Rule, but they're playing pretty decent football, especially without... Christian McCaffrey, who is going to be coming back, I believe, probably week 8 or week 9. But the Saints are going to have this game. Saints are going to win even without Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas was ruled out. He has the high ankle as well as the hamstring now. So they're going to be without him for maybe another couple weeks. Who knows? But I still have them winning this game, 24-17. to I believe the Saints defense can be able to slow down Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to be able to contain Mike Davis a little bit. So I think the Saints are going to have to ground and pound this one out. And I believe that they have the, the tools to do so. Next game we have on the list is going to be the 4-2 Bills against the 0-6 Jets. Do I actually have to make a prediction for this game? Prediction? Prediction? Pain. <laughs> Bills win this game 38-16. to It's not close. The Bills are coming off two straight losses. They're not going to lose to the Jets. They're going to make sure that they pound the Jets into submission. They're going to beat them and beat them senseless. There's nothing else to say. Adam Gase is a terrible coach. The Jets are a dumpster fire organization, and there's no help in sight. Next game we have is going to be the Packers at Texans. Packers are 4-1. and Texans are 1-5. Packers are coming off that devastating 38-10 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not going to let the Texans do that to them. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce back game. I'm not worried about him. Expect 350 yards, two touchdowns. I believe Aaron Jones is going to be able to get off as well. If, if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, then they have A.J. Dillon and Williams to go. On the Texans side of things, I don't think that they have a shot. I, I do believe that Sean Watson is going to try to fight. He's going to try to make it competitive. Brandon Cooks had a great week last week, but it ends here. Packers win 35-20. to 20 and it may not even be that close. Next game we have on the list is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Bucks are four and two, Raiders are three and two. This is gonna be a good game. Derek Carr is one of my favorite quarterbacks. He's very underrated. I believe that they're gonna be able to win this game. I had the Raiders winning 28 to 21. They're gonna be able to stifle Tampa Bay. The Raiders have an impressive pass rush. Tom Brady does not look like himself. Well, he does look like himself. He's 43. He's playing like a 43-year-old. He doesn't have the zip. He can't make all the throws. He's not really having an impressive season. They're winning, but it's not the fact that Tom Brady is the reason why they're winning. Their defense is really, really good. Next game we have is going to be the Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs are 5-1. and one, Broncos are 2-3. and three, Coming off a pretty impressive win. I had the Chiefs winning this game. It is going to be 28 to. 19. Say that because the Chiefs have not looked great offensively, so I'm not going to say that they're going to have one of those throwback games where they're scoring 45 points. It's been a struggle. It's been a grind for them the last couple weeks. They've grinded out wins, but they haven't looked impressive in doing so. So let's see if they unleash Le'Veon Bell this week on the Broncos. I would love to see it. I hope they do. I believe Le'Veon Bell can be able to bring a different dynamic to this team. Although Edwards Hilaire had a great game last week, you have to start Le'Veon Bell. You do not bring in a Le'Veon Bell to sit on the bench. Le'Veon Bell is going to be the starter. You can be able to groom Edwards Hilaire. He can learn behind Le'Veon, learn how to pass catch, learn how to protect and block. There's a lot of things that this kid has to learn, and he can be able to learn that behind Le'Veon Bell. For the Broncos, Drew Locke is back. But they have a ton of question marks. They have a ton of things to, to address. The running back situation is pretty murky because they have so many injuries. Melvin Gordon is banged up. Phillip Lindsay may be ready to go, but he's still trying to work himself back. The defense has fought really, really hard. They're, they're a tough team. So they're not going to be out of a lot of games, which is a good thing for them. But they're not winning this game. Next game we have after this is going to be the 49ers at Patriots. 49ers are 3-3. Three and three. Patriots are 2-3. Jimmy Garoppolo goes against his ex-coach. You know, Bill Belichick loves him some Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he throws this game to the 49ers. I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I have the Patriots winning this game 27-17. I believe the Patriots are going to be able to get to them defensively. Bill Belichick knows how to take away your best weapons. I don't think that George Kittle is going to be able to, to get off. He's going to contain George Kittle. It's going to be a struggle for him this week. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to have those particular passing lanes to throw into. Bill Belichick is going to make it very, very hard for Jimmy. So I do have the Patriots winning this. I do believe that Cam has a bounce back performance. They're not going to look as bad as they looked last week. Expect Cam Newton to get into the end zone at least twice. At least twice. Next game we have on the list is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Los Angeles Chargers. Jaguars are 1-5, Chargers are 1-4. Chargers winning a shootout, 32-27. to It's going to be a beautiful game. I think Justin Herbert is going to have a nice, impressive game again. The kid just, he continues to impress. Week in and week out, he's getting better. He's recognizing what he's seeing. The game is slowing down for him. I like Gardner Minshew as well. It's going to be a nice shootout between two quarterbacks that I I think very highly of. But I do have the Chargers winning this game. Next game we have is the Seahawks and Cardinals. Seahawks are 5-0. Cardinals are 4-2. I have the Seahawks winning this game in an absolute shootout, 37-34. Russell Wilson continues his dominant play. I don't see how the Cardinals are going to be able to stop him. I see him throwing for... 325 three touchdowns he probably rushes for one as well Kyler Murray is going to have a decent game both teams have defensive issues the Cardinals are a little better but they're not that much better so I do have this a shootout it's going to be a great great game between two really really good quarterbacks you know Russell Wilson's my MVP he's going to continue to be my MVP until somebody proves me wrong and i don't think anybody's going to prove me wrong because the numbers are there the team is winning he is performing and that's that monday night football game we have the matchup between the bears and the rams bears are 5 and 1 rams are 4 and 2 the rams are playing well the bears are just finding ways to win games i got the rams winning this game 25 to 17 It's not going to be a pretty game, I don't believe, but I do think that the Rams are going to be able to pull this out. Jared Goff has been playing pretty decent football this entire season. The Rams defense is really, really good. They have a great secondary Aaron Donald continues to be the best defensive player in the league. So they have everything working. They have a good running game. Cooper Cup had a struggle last week. I don't think that Cooper Cup is going to have another struggle again this week and for the Bears. The Bears are the Bears are not bad, but you're never going to pick the Bears because every matchup looks like eh. Yeah, I don't think they win this and then they end up pulling it out. So, it may end up happening this week. I'm picking the Rams and the Bears may end up winning 25 to 17. Who the hell knows? But I can't go against my gut. I got the Rams winning this game. So, that's that. Debate me or not. Those are my NFL picks for week 7. I want to see how the hell I do. I'm sure it's going to be great, like I always do, you know. But there's breaking news. Antonio Brown is scheduled to meet with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tomorrow. He's going to have a workout. I hear that both sides are really pushing to get a deal done. So the Buccaneers have become the favorites to land Antonio Brown. Crazy, crazy development. The Seahawks looked like they were the front runners. I, I still think that they're in the mix. But Antonio Brown really enjoyed his time playing with Tom Brady. And that's huge. And if they're motivated to get a deal done on both sides, I don't see how it doesn't end up being that way. Unless Antonio Brown can't run routes anymore. Unless Antonio Brown can't get separation. Unless Antonio Brown can't catch the ball in a workout. I, I don't see how this falls apart. Coming up after the break, the NBA is trying to work out their 2021 schedule. And we may have it a little early, maybe around Christmas. And the Nets, (laughs) the Nets are in the news again on a Friday. It's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast. With my man, Barry Grant. Your B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. NBA news. Let's get to it. The NBA is trying to work out a schedule right now. They have some proposed things that they want to get out there. They're trying to push for the NBA season, the 2021 seasons, to start around Christmas. Maybe a couple days before Christmas, I'm hearing December 22nd. I'm hearing that they want to do 70 to 72 games. You know, they don't want people's summers to be compromised. They also want to prepare for the 2021 Olympics. They don't want to interfere with that. And also, I'm hearing that they are really trying to avoid a bubble season. They want to have fans there and they're thinking about having a baseball type of series. So, you know, if you're playing the Knicks, you're going to play the Knicks two games straight and then play the Nets and then, you know, go on to another local team. So they're trying to kind of do that to minimize the travel, minimize the chances of somebody doing something and contracting COVID and having the season in jeopardy. So there's a lot of things that they're proposing. As well as a midseason tournament. Listen, everything I'm hearing besides the midseason tournament, I like. I like the fact that they're trying to start the season around Christmas because I think the NBA season, COVID or not, should start around Christmas. Because if you do that, the regular season is about seven months. You can be able to have the playoffs start and you know really go into the summer and then have the NBA kind of control the summer. Because, you know, we have the dog days where baseball is the only thing going. Everybody's waiting for football. The NBA season has already been gone. So if the NBA can continue to be in the talks and have really serious competitive basketball in regards to the NBA finals, that that is a good thing. Will it happen? I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of kickback because players do want to enjoy the summer with their families. They don't want to be working during the summer. And listen, I understand that. When you're when you're used to having summers off as a professional athlete, as a worker 95 guy, like could you imagine if teachers, you know, were told, listen, you know, you guys are only gonna have off two weeks and there's you gotta work through the summer. They're gonna be like, I've had the summer off my entire career. Now you're gonna tell me that I gotta work through the summer? It's gonna be a tough adjustment for anybody, especially these players. So, you know, you gotta give them a break with that. The seventy to seventy two games, listen. (laughs) I am not a fan of shortened seasons. I don't like it. If you're going to have a full season, have a full season. Don't bail out players like Kawhi Leonard who doesn't want to play a full season. He hears 70 to 72 games. Oh, I'll play every game. Like, no, no, no. And he'll still probably miss 30 games. That's just the way he is. I want a full NBA season. 82 games. This is what we're used to. This is what needs to continue. I don't need to see the NBA games go down. For what? The more NBA games, the better. The more chances a team gets to make the playoffs, the better. It's just, you know, come on. I I don't really like this soft era where we're like, we have to give these players a chance to recuperate. If you want to give the players a chance to recuperate, then you can stretch the season out. Stretch it out. But don't shorten the season. I I don't like that. And in regards to the midseason tournament, what are we having a midseason tournament for? There's one champion in the NBA. There's one champion in the NFL. There's one champion in baseball. What do we need a mid-season tournament for? This is not soccer. Soccer does stuff like this, and it works for them. Stop trying to steal their model. The NBA has their model. Overseas football has their model. Don't do this. This Mid-game tournament for what? What are you going to crown? Okay, so the Hawks are having a terrible season, and they end up riding a hot wave and winning this mid-season tournament. What, what do they get at the end of the season? Like, who gives a shit? What does this do? Like, oh, This is like the whole participation trophy situation with children. There's no more wins and losses. Like, what are we doing? What do you need an in-game tournament for? I don't understand it. Like, you're trying to generate more eyes on the game, just have a better product on the, on the court. You don't need a mid-season tournament. The hell are we talking about here? So I guess, you know, if you're going to have good things happen in regards to Christmas opening day and, you know, certain things, I guess you got to take the garbage with it, right? A mid-season tournament, Jesus. Just while you're at it, Adam Silver, just hand out a second-place trophy In the NBA Finals. Had the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Somebody gets the, the Bill Russell Award. The MVP. And then you give a consolation prize. To the team that lost the NBA Finals. What are we doing here? This is basketball. One champion. One trophy. We already have a Western Conference Trophy. We have an Eastern Conference Trophy. We need another trophy? This is boxing. Everybody gets a belt. What are we talking about here? In other news, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I can't even I can't even have a serious face saying this, but Amari Stoudemire has agreed to join Steve Nash's coaching staff, and he's a lead assistant <laughs> on this coaching staff. So let me get this right. Sean Marks is a serious, really, really good GM. He can make something out of nothing. I've seen him do it with this roster. He's done a phenomenal job with the Brooklyn Nets. The Steve Nash hire, I didn't like it. Why? Because the optics were bad, right? Well, if the players wanted them, if you have two divas that are head cases and they want this move, then you have to appease to your guys. You signed them, you gave them all that money. So, You're going to have to turn the keys over to them, right? But how does this make sense? Amari Stoudemire has no coaching experience. I've never even thought that Amari Stoudemire wanted to coach. So now he's joining a staff with an inexperienced head coach. You have Jacques Vaughn as the highest paid assistant coach in NBA history. So he's actually going to be the head coach. And then you have Amari Stoudemire. (laughs) What are we doing here? So you got two guys that's never won an NBA title. They were great players on the Phoenix Suns, and now they're on the same coaching staff? What? What? What do we... Do? What? Omari Stoudemire. What is he going to tell anybody what to do? Oh, well, you, you got to play defense this way. You've never played defense in your life. Well, you got to be able to run the screen this way. What do you know about that? You've been out of the league for how many years? I don't, I don't understand this move. I don't get it. I don't understand why they would do this. The Nets are feeling very, very circusy to me. It feels like Big Top Circus is operating out of downtown Brooklyn. Like I, I <laughs> Amari Stoudemire is on your staff. What? What is this? What, what is there to say? Like, what am I going to say? Well, you know, he he may be able to, to tell him how to win. Kevin Durant's a two-time MVP in the NBA Finals. Kyrie Irving hit the game-winning shot or the go-ahead shot in Game 7 to become an NBA champion. What the hell is Amari Stoudemire going to tell these young kids? What? This is a this is a Steve Nash thing. Well, you know me. I, I like Amari Stoudemire. He's one of my good friends. So we're just hiring friends now on 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 staffs. Sounds very familiar. Like this whole presidential cabinet that we have currently. I, I'm not gonna say no names, but <laughs> this is. If this turns into the next Clippers situation, you know I'm gonna have to bash the Nets. I, I, if anything that smells like Clippers to me. I have to attack. I have to. And this has the the stink. It's starting to to rise. Like it's starting to come through the vents. It's starting to stink a little bit. I I, I don't know. Hopefully it works out. Like, you know, two things could be true. That this can be a bad hire, and Amara Steinmeier might end up being a really good teacher. So we'll see. Coming up after the break. The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Friday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. <laughs> Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils, but to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in the dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas. only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. Tuesday, I had Troy Aikman as a candidate. But he's not the winner. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Daniel Jones. Quarterback for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones is my dummy. Because this guy is quite athletic. He can be able to get out of the pocket, escape getting sacked, escape getting hit. He has a very, very big arm. And against the, the Eagles, he breaks a run. And he takes off and there's nobody in front of him. And this is an easy touchdown. And what does he do? (laughs) He trips over his own foot and lands at the 20 yard line. (laughs) What type of old man stuff are we doing? Like, what? This is how bad the Giants' season has gone so far. This is one of the best runs I've seen in a long time. And it doesn't cap off in a touchdown, it caps off of him face planting. (laughs) And staying there at the twenty-yard line, like what? What the hell? This is this is like little giant stuff to me. <laughs> the little kid got, you know, he got the ball. The little fat kid, and he's running, and he's running out of breath. And <laughs> what what happened to Daniel Jones? Can we can we actually find out what happened? Did he trip over a shoelace? Did he trip on the turf? Was he looking at the screen and got excited and just fell? Or did he run out of gas? Poor guy, man. Daniel Jones is, he looks very awkward. He's like one of those guys that if he's in a party and there's a lot of people there, he's the one that asks the stupid question and people are just looking at him like, "Uh, all right, man, Uh, yeah, yeah. And then they just move on to the other corner and just leave him there while he's drinking his juice uncomfortably. That's what Daniel Jones looks to me. He doesn't look like a cool guy. You know what I mean? He just looks extremely awkward. I, I I just feel really, really bad for him, man. I hope he has a girlfriend because dating may be a little tough for him. The girls may be like, you're the quarterback of the Giants, right? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. I am. Uh, you have money, but no, I, I'll pass. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> Tripping over your own foot when you have an easy touchdown he's not going to live this one down man this is this is pretty bad this is up there with the butt fumble to me this is up there with a lot of bonehead plays in football this one this one is is pretty rough this really may be like a microcosm of his actual dating prowess he gets close but he really can't score He stumbles before he actually makes it home. So Daniel Jones, you may be the biggest loser in regards to having a cool image right now, but you're the winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Monday. It's going to be a great weekend for sports, great weekend for football. I hope A.B. signs and signs quickly. I don't care if it's the Bucks. I don't care if it's the Seahawks. I don't care. I need AB back in football. I love the guy. I don't care. So until Monday, y'all, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.